It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in and get ready to learn some more things. We're going to help you improve your e-commerce business. In today's episode, we're talking about one of my favorite things, email marketing. So powerful, so much you can do with it. And we are going to be talking to an absolute star who spends his days helping write, helping create, helping sequence email marketing campaigns for businesses just like yours. He's going to share a whole load of great advice, great tips, things you can quickly implement. So do stay tuned for that. Before we get to that, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create Create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. With SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels even when working remotely. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll get access to special discounts and save up to 40% off USPS Priority Mail. Plus, for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. That includes being able to schedule package pickups and track shipments from departure to arrival. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash m-a-s-t-e-r-p-l-a-n to experience savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes. And now to introduce today's guest expert. Chris Orzakowski is the author of Amazon bestseller, Make It Rain, the secret to generating massive paydays from your email list. As well as writing a great book on email, he's an e-commerce email marketing strategist and has a huge focus on copywriting. Hello, Chris. Hey, Chloe. How's it going? Thanks so much for having me. It's going good. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you because um, a little while ago, I ran one of my kind of big 99 pence cents euros, whatever you're calling it, uh, book giveaways. And I think your book sold more than anyone else's. So um, so I'm guessing that the audience are quite excited to hear from you too. Um, so that's going to be cool. Uh, but how did you get started in e-commerce? Let's start, let's start there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I actually used to be a teacher, a school teacher, um, before I ever learned what copywriting was. And uh, I quickly learned about it. I, I wanted to make money from my computer, like all these people I'd seen on the internet. And I was like, how does this whole thing work? So it sent me down the rabbit hole of online marketing and blogging and all these other things. And eventually I discovered copywriting. And I said to myself, I bet I could become a freelancer and work and write people's you know, marketing campaigns. Um, I eventually settled on email. And as I was doing a lot of email projects over the years, I worked with all different kinds of clients, you know, big digital course publishers and some brick and mortar stores even, and a bunch of e-commerce companies. And it's funny because I would do these huge launches 
Um, you know, I worked for Jeff Walker. I worked for John Astroff. I worked with dozens of other course creators, people who did webinars and video launches and all these things. And sometimes they worked out really well, but then other times they didn't. And every time I worked on an e-commerce project, you know, selling a physical product, the, the, the projects always went well. Like I never had an e-commerce launch or an e-commerce campaign that I did where we didn't sell a lot of products. So after a while, I was like, you know what? I like winning. I like when things go well. It's a lot less stress and a lot more fun for me. So I think I'm just going to do e-commerce and it's been pretty great ever since. But yeah, if you've got that magic touch, it's like, well, I get 50% success rate here and I get 100% success rate here. Hmm. <laughs> Where shall I go? Yeah, it's just it's fun, and I, there's something about the tangibility of it. You know, it's just it's just nice writing for those kind of products. Um, and there's so many cool companies, right? Especially now with all the direct consumer brands out there, there's just so many cool people doing like cool, unique products, and and the way that they build their brands. And everything. I just I'm just really in love with the whole space. Yeah, and it's it's so diverse, isn't it? It's like um, all the all the core stuff, you know. And I've done my fair share of that, both as consumer and as creator myself. And there's only so much you can say, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, whereas with physical products, there's just so many different angles because the, you know, you're with the courses, you're you're tr- usually trying to help someone make money or get more time or something. But when it comes to physical products, you could be helping them to do anything. So it must be more interesting from a copywriting perspective. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've sold leather bags. I've sold watches. I've sold wine club subscriptions. Um, I've sold meal kits. I've sold meat through the mail. Uh, there's just, <laughs> you're right. There are so many just cool, like little niche businesses and, and there's just such a diversity. It, it, it really is fun. Okay. Let's, um, let's get into some, some detail around email then. Let's, let's share some of the stuff people can find in the book. Um, in the book, you say there are three types of email campaign. What are the three types of email campaign? I mean, I have to ask you that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, some people might view this differently, but I view I view it as, you know, there are broadcast campaigns, there are automations, and there are launches, right? So like anything you ever do in an email is going to fit into one of those three buckets. Obviously, a lot of e-commerce people you know, know, or a lot of e-commerce business owners are familiar with a lot of automations in terms of, you know, card abandonment and first-time buyers and VIP sequences. And those are great and they absolutely work. And, you know, a lot of them are set it and forget it and they just, you know, sell while you sleep. Those are great. But then you also have the other two, the other two-thirds of that equation, which is, you know, your weekly or multiple times a week broadcast that you send to your entire list. And then when you're launching a new product, those sequences have their own kind of, you know, nuanced way you want to go about them. And I think that in order to be a really effective e-commerce email marketer or business owner, knowing how and when to use all three of those type of sequences uh, to their full capacity is what really helps you grow a lot faster, make a lot more revenue, uh, and just you know help your brand explode. I mean, I, I see a lot of people doing broadcast. I see a lot of people doing automation. Not as many as should be. So those of you out there who have on your to-do list, get it done. Um, but launches is something which... I'm I'm very familiar like you in the world of courses in the world of business knowledge but almost never do I see you know an e-commerce business doing it which is crazy because you know we've had a couple of people on the on the podcast over the years who do it and it's phenomenally successful so um can you tell us a bit more about the launch campaign type Absolutely. Yeah. So the first large scale um, e-commerce launch that I did was for this company called Filippo Loretti. Uh, and this was a few years back, maybe like 2016, I want to say. Um, 
So they were doing a Kickstarter launch. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to tell the story in the frame of, of this particular launch, but you don't have to necessarily do this on Kickstarter and Indiegogo or do a crowdfunding type thing. You could do this on your own platform, on your own website. It, it works the same way. It's all the same stuff. But with this company, they had an email list. They were launching a new collection of watches and they hired me to do the emails. And it's funny because up until that point, I hadn't done a lot of e-commerce work. And I almost like passed on the project. I was almost like, eh, I don't know. I saw courses. Maybe I won't do this. But I'm so happy I took it because we did an email launch. You know, I was writing pre-launch emails and storytelling and doing the origin stories and teasing pictures of the products and nothing was for sale yet, which is like kind of weird for e-commerce because usually e-commerce emails are just like, hey, there's a sale, right? So we were taking the complete opposite approach. We were going more of this, you know, product launch, build up the anticipation and excitement and doing all the storytelling and all those things. And then when we opened cart, we sold 109K worth of $149 watches within three hours. And the first 24 hours, we hit 250K. And at the end of the 30-day Kickstarter launch, we did, you know, given currency conversions, I don't know the exact number, but it was just shy of like 5.2 million US. Wow. So it wasn't bad. Um, and, you know, we sent a lot of emails, obviously, you know, we followed up just about every single day. During that time, we had a full cart close. So I want to say it must have been like 50 or so emails that I wound up writing. We had upsells and everything. But um, it worked incredibly well. And, you know, I, I've worked with other companies who've done Kickstarters or just general product launches when they're introducing a new product. And what they'll do is they'll just send one email and they'll say, hey, we got this thing. It's live. And it's like, okay, well, you'll get sales. You'll absolutely get sales. But you could have doubled that or tripled that if you if you had like a good solid launch sequence in place it's kind of crazy isn't it because you know when there's a new exciting product coming we put so much effort into getting the product page right into getting the photography right into getting the product right and in the right place and working out what the price is going to be and then we're just like here it is buy it and then yeah. then with straight after that email it's business as usual it's just another product it's like it's kind of crazy because you know, there, there's so much that you could create so much excitement, so much anticipation, and then really power those sales as well. So do you, do you find you need to do both with a launch um, campaign? Do you need to do both the anticipatory marketing and then the follow-up? Absolutely. Um, and, and I think a good strategy for a lot of people to have, um, and this is one of the things I teach, is to, you know, you should have this ongoing, I call it a pay yourself first sequence. And basically the whole idea behind it is like, Email marketing is the most important thing you can do in terms of growing your revenue and profits. It gives you the ability to, you know, start off your day making sales by sending emails out rather than running the meter with, you know, Facebook ads or whatever and hoping the sales come back. You know, you communicate with your list. Those are the most important people in the world. You build that relationship capital and make sales. That's the first thing you do and you use that money to fund growth, right? So that's like the general philosophy. And I call it a pay yourself first sequence because if you're sending, let's say you're sending three emails a week to your list consistently, you're building that relationship, you're doing all these things, you could weave in the launch into that one sequence. So you could almost make the product launch sequence a part of your regular broadcast uh, messaging that you use. So it actually makes things a little bit simpler. And what happens is as you're emailing more and more, your automations just light up because it's almost like a pinball machine. Like you pull the hammer back, you launch that ball, and sometimes the ball doesn't do anything and you don't get any points, but sometimes it starts boinging around in there and you get a high score and it just... That's what happens with your automations, right? The more times you email, the more traffic that goes to your site and the more people get hit with cart abandonments and browse abandonments and everything else. So I think it is important to, to just continue to communicate and follow up no matter what phase you're in, whether it is in the anticipatory phase or afterwards um, until you know you sell as much as you want, basically. 
Nice. I'm glad you said both. <laughs> I was like, oh, I really hope he's going to say both here. Absolutely. Um, and the, the first type of campaign you mentioned, you said about broadcast and say, said that they are the email you send every week or multiple times a week to your whole database. And a lot of people these days are saying you should be segmenting those broadcasts. Are you, are you a fan of bringing segmentation in to the broadcast level? Yeah, I, I think I think segmenting is absolutely important, and I, I definitely agree that you should. Um, and I think segmenting is definitely a little bit more important for for the automation side. Uh, and obviously, people have different opinions, and that's perfectly fine. It's just you know small nuanced differences in philosophy. But my thing is, some people say, "Oh, well, you know, we can use predictive analytics and say, oh, if this person bought this product, they're probably going to buy this product on this day.'" And I don't know, I could be wrong, but you know, I'm sure the AI and the tech is good, but I just don't know um, if I'm going to bet my entire you know, revenue for the year on that one little thing. It could work great, but I just, I just don't know enough. I, I would rather just have some flagship communication that goes out to everyone. And the way that I do email is not, hey, here's a coupon, here's 25% off, and we ram that same email sequence down their throat, you know, 52 times a year. Because I've seen brands do that. I've seen brands where they're like 40% off. I'm like, oh my God, it's March. I've seen the sequence 10 times already. Like, <laughs> you know, like everything is just permanently 40% off. Like that's not an effective campaign. What I like to do with the broadcasts is kind of tell a story and focus on outcomes rather than products. And, and I believe that people, you know, you see this a lot more in the digital course world, but I think for e-commerce, it works even better. Like people are looking for outcomes. They buy your product to achieve that outcome or that result. So if your emails are helping them get from point A to point B in their life, which they are, you know, for instance, one of my clients sells leather bags and leather belts and jackets, like the outcome that, you know, his emails are trying to, to help people achieve is to, to look better, to have better style, right? So if we focus our content and the copy on those things, rather than just buy this product, buy this product, buy this product, it's going to work out a lot better. And the segmenting becomes less and less important because people are more engaged in the narrative. They're more engaged in the outcome. And even if they don't buy every single time you send an email, you're building brand awareness, you're building relationship capital, and you're building that bond with that subscriber. So that when, that way, when they are ready to buy and when they do see the product that they want, they'll pull the trigger, no questions asked. I love that approach. And I, I also personally think that you know you can spend a lot of time working on the perfect segment and the perfect set of different copy and different images for your broadcasts that are sent once and never used again. Whereas you could just send one really good email to everybody and spend the time and effort you spent creating multiple broadcasts on making your automations better, which is where the higher conversion rates are and which are going to you know, monetize that, that traffic you get in from the broadcast. Is that, is that a fair thing to say? A absolutely. You know, because there's so many factors too. Like there's some companies out there, they'll have two floors of a building full of marketing people, in which case, yeah, you can do, you can segment till the cows come home, right? But if you're a solopreneur, if you have a small team, if you have a team of 10 people, 15 people or less, and there's one or two more, you might not have the ability or the bandwidth to do some crazy, super duper segment. Segmenting. So I'm not saying it's not important. It absolutely is. But I think about, you know, I, I, I think about these concepts a lot as, and try to walk through different scenarios in my brain uh, in my spare time, because obviously I have a lot of hobbies, and a lot of friends, right? So I, uh, <laughs> I know I need to, I need to fix that. But what I do is... <laughs> well, I, email I, is all consuming. Chris. Exactly. Yeah. Acknowledge that, don't we? And, and like, I, I thought about a company where, oh, so let's say it's a product that someone only needs maybe like once a decade. And I thought about mattresses, right? Like who buys a mattress that like, that's the perfect company to have super segmentation, right? And I thought about it and I said, okay, if someone buys a mattress, 
And you say, well, they're not going to buy one for another 10 years. Well, what about buying one for their kid? What about buying one for their parents? What about buying one for their family members? Like, are you going to segment them off and only send them other products and never, you know, promote that other pro- that same product that they could buy a year from now? You know, or what if they move? Or There's so many different variables. It's just very hard to do that kind of segmentation where you're like, oh, if they bought product A, we're never going to show them product A and we're only going to show them product B. You know, some people would argue that they're more likely to buy product A again if they bought product A in the past. So in terms of segmentation, I think, I think it's important, especially for automations, but I think for the general broadcast strategy, it needs a little bit more of a nuanced touch. Uh, yeah, completely. And of course, with with a broadcast, if you're talking about everything and not reducing it, then you're giving the customer the ability to tell you what they want to hear about rather than trying to predict it. You know, if they're constantly clicking on the mattress, not on the pillows or the sheets or the, you know, whatever else you're selling, then you can get a pretty good idea. Or maybe they do want another mattress. Whereas, you know, your AI may not have ever told you that because it's not entirely a mind reader. Exactly. Um, so we've we've kind of glossed over um, automations there. You've mentioned, I think, uh, uh, browse abandon and cart abandon. Is is there a particular campaign you'd like to kind of make? The, I, I'm going to say make the plea to the audience to implement because I, in my heart, sinks a lot when I when I look at people's email marketing and I speak to them and I'm just flabbergasted by how few are doing automation campaigns or they've done one but not yet got round to bothering with the rest. So is there is there one of those campaigns, those automated campaigns, you want to make a plea for them to get around to doing? Yeah, I, th- I think cart abandonment, um, and I, I, that's probably the most popular answer that you get. But the re- the only reason I'm saying this um, is because I worked with a company one time that had you know multiple you know I think they were a fifty or sixty million dollar year company. They'd been in business for five years. They had three hundred fifty employees. So There's huge operation, right? Not huge, but pretty big uh, for for a startup. And I came in to help them with some email stuff. And I remember saying like, "Hey, what are we doing with with cart abandonment?" And they're like, "Oh, actually." Good thing you're here. Uh, we actually need your help to like implement that. So I'm like, oh my god, how have you not have like how have you not had this card abandonment sequence for five years? Like, I just started like doing the numbers in my head and thinking of all the transactions that like we could have. I was like, oh my god. So, and, and then I started talking to other companies, and a lot of them they just, oh yeah, we're going to get around to that eventually. And like I, I talked to one guy who who was telling me for a while he was sending them out manually. I was like, oh my god, like. This is manually, manually, one by one. Oh and I was like, please let me help you, please. Like, and, we, and we did. Yeah, we did eventually. And, and it really uh, transformed his, his bottom line. You know, he made a lot of money from, from just those simple automations firing. But it's one of those things where I think a lot of e-commerce people are focused on the front end, the acquisition, the Facebook ads, the, the social strategy, all those things. And those things are super duper important. Absolutely. But it's sometimes it's like stepping over dollars to pick up dimes because a lot of the money is going to be made on the back end. A lot of the money is going to be made from those people already on your list. A lot of money can be made from second repeat purchases or people signing up for your list and then getting triggered with those emails. And it's it's not that they don't want your products if they don't complete the order the first time. They got stuff got in the way. I had one time I had guys who uh, a crew over here demoing my bathroom upstairs, and they were like jackhammering tiles. And I was about to like buy something for my wife, and a wine glass slipped off the shelf and shattered into at least a billion pieces. And I had to spend half an hour mid checkout, half an hour cleaning up the glass. And like, yeah, it's like that's a crazy example, but these things happen to people every single day in the checkout process, you know, or the phone rings or something. Like, there's always distractions, and it's not that they don't want it. It's like. They, you just need to follow up with them and stay stay uh, vigilant with it, and you'll capture a lot of easy sales. It's like the easiest thing you can do. 
When you, and you said, you know, they end up working on Google ads or Facebook ads or something rather than getting around to doing the abandoned basket. And it's like, well, your abandoned basket is going to improve the performance of all of that advertising spend. So it, it's it's not just the missed orders, it's the better optimization and the better ability to improve all your marketing spend. Yeah. And it's it's free. I always say it's free money. It's free money sitting on the table just waiting for you to pick it up. And it's money that you don't have to pay an acquisition cost for, right? Because if let's say, you know, they're either an organic viewer or you got them onto your list and they didn't buy, you know, you've already spent the acquisition cost, right? Or you advertise and they they bought once. You've already spent that acquisition cost. To get all those extra sales through email, through an automation, it's not going to cost anything. So it's that's where the profit is in my mind because some brands they they just want to pump in all that money that they can into the front end to grow faster and faster and that's totally cool but in terms of profit uh, like emails where you profit yeah agreed and um given we're talking about baskets i have to ask you uh the key abandoned basket question which is do you put an offer in your abandoned basket email um I don't go right off the bat to that. I think, it, I, you know, for some brands, I think it makes sense. Uh, I think it depends a lot on margins and a lot on what the overall rest of the strategy is. You know, there's some brands out there where like people just aren't going to buy without a discount because they've been trained that way. But then there's other brands, like I have a couple brands that I work with who they'll do one, one discount code a year and it's on Black Friday, right? And they make a ton of money when they do that because they don't offer discounts otherwise. So like for a brand like that, I'd say no. Um, but I always try, at least in the very first email, before we resort to that, I say, can we get them to complete the purchase without doing that? Right. Because if we, if we, you know, make a decision to follow up three times in a sequence, Hey, maybe the first one, we grab people that discount and then we knock all those other people off the fence, the second and third email with, with, with a discount or an offer like that. So that's, that's usually the approach that I like to take, uh, in terms of, of that. Well, yeah, because if the customers had the same experience you did with the glass falling off the shelf, then you don't need to give them money to get them to come back and check out, you know, because it's not that they didn't want the product, they just got distracted. So just that, you know, offer free reminder can really pay dividends, can't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, like, why take money out of your pocket when you don't have to, right? Like that, that's always my philosophy. Like, let's try it without the discount first. And if it really doesn't work, then we'll try it with a discount. But I'm always, I always err on the side of no discount. Oh, you're a man after my own heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> test it, people, test it. Um, <laughs> uh, we should really talk about stories because we talked a lot about kind of like the functionality of email, but you know, your great skill is in the copy. So, and you mentioned stories a couple of times. Is, that, is, is telling stories the number one thing we should be doing with our copy? I think so, uh, especially in you know broadcasts and things like that. Uh, and I think the reason why is that people, you know, there's this quote by um, Howard Gossage, who is uh, a lesser known, you know, Mad Men era advertising guy. Um, he wasn't in New York; he was in San Francisco. I think his like agency was in a firehouse. He was like a real eccentric dude and had some pretty crazy, like really interesting campaigns. If you really dive into his work, but he has this quote that was. Uh, and it went, people don't read ads. They read what interests them. Sometimes that's an ad. 
Right. So I interpreted that as like, you know, if people know that they're, you know, every time they see an email from your company, there's a discount code or it's this pretty thing and it's just going to ask them to buy, they're going to start saying, yeah, I don't need to read this because I know what's in there and I'm just going to click and delete if I don't want it. Right. Uh, and you, your email doesn't even stand a chance. But if you have stories and you tell them the origin story, you tell them about what's going on in the factory and you tell them what's going on in your life and you share all these things and you kind of, take them on this little journey. It's almost like your own, you know, reality TV show a little bit. And it's almost like me and my wife, one of the things we watch a lot on TV is um, these house flipping shows on like HGTV, home and garden television, whatever. And it's always these, all the shows are the same, no matter who who it is, but it's these house flippers and they go in and they tear everything down. They build up the house and they make it nice. But as they're doing this work, they're narrating what they're doing. They're saying, hey, so here's what we did with the front awning and blah, blah, blah. And they, they go into it. So I always equated that as like they're doing the work once, but they're getting paid twice because they're getting paid to do the work itself. And they're getting paid to talk about the work. And I, don't, I think your email list kind of functions the same way because throughout what you're doing in your e-commerce business, even if you are all online, you, know, you have an inventory somewhere, you have a factory or a distributor. Like there's things that you're doing. Or even if you just have an office or a home office, like what are you doing to build your brand? What are you doing in your life that people can relate to you? Like you can share those stories and take people on a little bit of a journey. It's a little bit of an escape for them. And then they like reading your emails and they actually look forward to and save your emails because you, know, you gave them a little nugget of information or you told them a story that made them laugh or something like that. And when people feel good and they start to realize... You know, they make it a habit to read your emails. And I have, I'm sure you have people like this too, where there's some people you stop what you're doing and read their emails because they're so good. And the reason you're doing that is not because there's a big flashing discount GIF in it with a with a button and a coupon code. That's not why you're doing that. Like <laughs> you're doing it because there's good copy and there's good stories. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact list, send memorable emails, automate key messages and more way, way more. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster and it's free to get started. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. With Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels even when working remotely. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll get access to special discounts and save up to 40% off USPS Priority Mail. Plus, for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. So you can calculate the exact postage online, print from your PC, and avoid trips to the post office. Go to pb.com forward slash master plan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash m-a-s-t-e-r-p-l-a-n to experience savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes. It's time for the Top Tips Round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So, Chris, you ready for the top tips? Absolutely. Let's do it. 
Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I would recommend uh, How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big by Scott Adams. And it's not what you would think in terms of like a hardcore business book. It's more about life and just um, just achieving success. And I know that sounds a little bit generic, but he has a lot of good... Scott Adams, the author, has a lot of great philosophies where he talks about uh, you know systems over goals. And there's a lot of big concepts that have really had a big impact in my life that I think are applicable to business. Nice. I like it. Okay. The traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? YouTube ads, 100%. And I think the reason why is because uh, it's a higher barrier to entry than Facebook ads. And I think there's more intent behind YouTube ads because people are actively searching for things. Whereas with Facebook or Instagram, they're trying to communicate with their friends and they're getting interrupted by your ad. I love the fact you uh, state the barrier to entry there. It's it's kind of it's crazy how little people talk about YouTube ads. Oh yeah, I'm killing it with YouTube ads right now. Thanks to my my buddy Patrick Kenny uh, who who helps me out. He's like a YouTube ads expert, this dude. And uh, it's great. I'm getting opt-ins for like 60, 70% less than I was on Facebook. So I don't like to tell too many people about it. But I think, you know, being that this is an e-commerce podcast, if you have an e-commerce product, like, and you could film a a minute video, a 30 second video, a two minute video, whatever it is, you'd be amazed what you could do on YouTube. There we go. Huge top tip there, guys. Um, Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Oh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. You know, my favorite tool is, is my email software. It's ConvertKit. Um, I run like my entire business. I mean, well, m- most of 90% of my business revenue comes probably from, from me emailing. So it's probably not the best, uh, probably not the best for e-commerce people, but for my business specifically, like I live and die with ConvertKit. Love it. Okay. Uh, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Um, build automations. That way, if, the, if there's only one thing you could do, I would say build the automations because that will support uh, it'll increase your lifetime value, your reorder value. It'll, you know, all the average order value. It'll increase all those things. Uh, obviously, I'd love to to say more, but I think if there's just one, if you had one bolt in the gun, I would say just build some automations you could set and forget, and then that'll increase the value of everything else you're doing in your business. Perfect answer. Okay, Chris, um, thank you so much, so much goodness today. Uh, But of course, the listeners surely must now want to grab a copy of your book and have a read. Now, I know it's available across um, Amazon as paperback and ebook, but I believe you've got an even better offer for them. Yeah, you basically have two options. You could go onto Amazon and pay $20 for it, or you could just go to my website and get it for free. And that's the email copywriter.com. Cool. And um, if anyone wants to get in contact with you to see if you can help them directly with their email, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So if you go to the email copywriter.com, there's a little button there that says work with me. Uh, you just read to that page, click a button. There's a little short little application and just shoot me a message and I'll get back to you, let you know. Love it. So there you go, guys. The email copywriter.com is where you need to be heading. Um, Chris, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure getting to talk email with you. One of my favorite things to do. Um, so thank you for sharing so much. It's been really cool. Thanks so much, Chloe. I really appreciate you having me. Right. 
right, guys. So lots of great email tips there. So you need to have, keep those broadcasts simple, keep the message strong and just send it out to everyone. And then make sure you've got the automations in place. So you're picking up um, all the impact of what people are doing after they respond to your marketing and get to your site and then making that and turning that into cash. And then um, don't forget about that idea of the launch. If you've got a new exciting product, a new season coming up, don't be afraid to do a decent launch of it. You know, tell people it's coming up, tell them the stories behind it and get them excited for when it drops. Loads of other great advice and approaches in, uh, in Chris's book. So do grab yourselves a copy. You can get the hands on the notes from today's show, including those top tips, uh, links and details of related episodes, all at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please do give us some feedback on that. Let me know what you think via the review system in whatever you're using to listen to us. So be that Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, etc. Give us a review and uh, I'd love to hear what you think. I hope you're having a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.